Hello and welcome, this is episode 18 of the Banner Bearers podcast. Welcome to the Banner Bearers. A podcast for fans of God's here by Steamforged Games. My name's Elliot Colbeck. I'm Ben Redmond. So, uh, what, what, who do we have with us today, Ben? Do you want to introduce yourself, Mike? Um, yes. Um, basically, uh, you will hear my accents. I'm actually French, uh, but I've lived in Ireland for uh, about 15 years now. I've been a board game wargamer for the last 25 years, and I um, started to play Gautier at the very beginning when it kickstarted. Uh, I am not really used to, to Steam Force Studio. That was the first game um, I play from their company, but I really, really love it. And uh, and yeah, that, w- that would be me as a Wargamer in a nutshell. I've been playing uh, stuff like Games War, uh, GW, loads of Infinity, loads of Manifold, um, maybe a game that you would or would not know called Confrontation. Um, that was big in France from uh, Rackham. And yeah, that would be me. I I do know Confrontation, actually. Yeah, there's a friend of mine who's very into it. Um, never actually played it myself, though. But uh, yeah, it was yeah, because it was, a, cause it was a Rackham, a French company, aren't they? So yeah, it, I, I thought it was very, very good, um, especially the model, the beautiful. Um, but yeah, um, that was a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So for today's episode, um, uh, Mike is here for a special reason. We're not going to go give you too many spoilers about what that is. Um, uh, you might know already anyway, uh, if you've been following things, you probably know why he's here. But anyway, this is going to be our, um, episode that's all about the Games Expo and the UK Open that took place there. So we're going to do, I suppose, the clash, the plot phase is going to be quite a condensed plot phase um, where we won't probably split it into the separate seg- segments, um, but we're going to use that to be like it's a bit of news and it's a bit of battle reports. So that's where we're going to discuss the game, um, the, um, the actual... My brain's gone, sorry. Um, the, the expo, the 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 tournament, the, the UK Open at the expo is what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, um, and then for the clash phase, while we we're there, I actually had a chance to speak to Steamforge Creative Director Matt Hart, record an interview. So we've got that, and we will um, we'll play that uh, to, so you can have a listen along, and then we'll have a little discussion ourselves about it for the clash phase, and then for the end phase, we'll let. Um, Mike, tell us about uh, a game that he's into, other than God Tier. Um, so let's, uh, but let's get cracking and move into the plot phase. Plot phase. 
Right, so let's start off with some rapid fire questions for Mike. We've not done these in ages because we've not had somebody new to us as a single guest on the show for a while. Um, so let's, uh, so I'm just going to, so Mike, I'm just going to hit you with a bunch of rapid fire questions. They're usually um, like an either or, and then there's a, a little kind of one at the end that's a little bit different. Um, so I want like quick answer. First thing that comes to your head, and you can maybe add a little bit of explanation if you feel you wish, if you feel you want. If you want to just sort of leave it without comment, that's fine too. So let's get fire. Uh, let's get fire. Let's get going with Mike's rapid fire questions. So first one: construction or chaos? Construction. Okay. Um, Eternal Glade or the Borderlands? Um, Eternal Glade. Okay. And finally, how do you like your doggos? Fenra or the Abyssal Hounds? Oh, this one's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I thought that as well. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm a huge dog lover. Um, so, but I'd say the the Hounds... Uh, the Hans will be my uh, my favorite, uh, but Fenrir looks really really cool. So uh, close second. Right, and then finally, snog, marry, avoid. And for you, I've got for reasons that me and you will probably know, uh, which we'll explain later probably anyway. I've got Jean, Lily, and Helena. Oof. Uh, like Mario, avoid. Uh, I'll definitely avoid Lily. Um, and I'll take the fluff reason. She, I, I can't trust her. Um, I'll marry Elena for sure. Um, yeah, and I, I snuck Jane. Okay. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, it's not supposed to mean anything. <laughs> um, so I've robbed the format from um, an old Guild Ball podcast that had a much more obscene uh, sort of final question that they asked. Um, but anyway, we're, we're trying to do a family-friendly podcast, so that's why we have Snog, Marry, Avoid. Uh, right, okie dokie. So, um, so let's get going. So, Elliot, um, why don't you tell us... Uh, get, why don't you kick us off with... Um, with a little bit of your how your day started on the way down to um, Games Expo for this event. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start, yeah, my, my day started for the Expo quite early. I set off from my house about half six, uh, going down the M6. Uh, unlike some people who'd gone down the night before and was at the Expo on the Friday, I was just travelling down for the one day. And uh, the, the roads were quite busy as all of Manchester was also going down the M6 as it was the FA Cup final. <laughs> so uh, a little bit stressful getting there, but I did eventually get to the event. So that was a good start. Um, um, yeah, I mean, um, it was odd, really, because although I was at the Expo, I didn't actually get to see any of the Expo um, because I just went for the singular day. So um, I don't know if, uh, if, Mike, you got any chance to see any of it, if you were just down for the day. Um, no, was lucky enough. I uh, left on Dublin on Friday evening, um, and I, I found a, a nicely typical English bread and breakfast called Georgian Dragons. 
but 10 minutes taxi from from the venue and I started there on a Friday and Saturday evening. It was my first big convention. Uh, so I've done the Saturday and Sunday, basically. Cool. And then Ben, I know you, you were at the full... Uh, full yeah, uh, so that's interesting that we've got, you know, somebody who did it just as a one day, someone who did, did, did two days and then me who did the full thing and volunteered and was all sort of bonkers about it. Uh, so, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Yeah, so I kind of I drove down similarly early to you, but the day but the day before, um, because I had uh, arranged to run a role playing game starting at nine o'clock on Friday morning. Um, so I so I kind of left ridiculously early, uh, probably I think about half past five actually, um, to uh, maybe six o'clock um, to to get down so that I could get down and get in and get registered and be in place to start my role playing game at nine. Um, and, but actually the role playing, they had like a bit of a fast track, um, for the, for the games masters that morning. So I registered really quickly. So I was, uh, I was, I was in the room in plenty of time. Um, so it's good. And I stayed, I stayed in Solihull, which was probably a bit too far to be taxiing. So I drove myself in and out. So, um, and, um, so, but yeah, I had a, I had a really good, I kept myself really busy throughout the convention, just played, played and ran loads of games. Um, and you know, the way, the way the expo works, if you, um, if you demonstrate, um, games or run games, or, you know, if you volunteer in some way to help them out, you get some stuff back. So I, because I was running four different games, I qualified for a full three-day ticket, and I got forty-eight quid's worth of food vouchers. Um, uh, and I think if I'd done a little bit more, I might even qualify for free accommodation at the at the Hilton as well. Um, so, but that was that was a good, uh, really good experience. And running four was quite good because it kept me, gave me like a few games to run, um, and yet. Yeah, gave me let, let me add enough time to sort of like play other stuff and, and get involved in other stuff so you know i still have my, my um morning and afternoon free on the saturday to join in the um joining the uk open for god tier obviously and um i played some arkham horror on the uh on the uh friday afternoon i had a little bit of a mooch around the trade hall on friday uh, it was very busy then, but then I got a really good look around Sunday afternoon after I'd done everything else, um, and that was good. Got myself a demo of Skyrim board game while I was there, so yeah, good, a good time. Really enjoyed myself, and uh, I think I did quite well, sort of, for the deal I got with the with the volunteering and stuff. So I'd encourage people to to give it a go, come along, spend the full weekend there, and get more out of it because it probably cost you more l just to do your one day than it did for me but yeah but quite possibly quite possibly yeah um yeah i, I was going to say um one thing i i think i think we should mention it is for the for the open and um, before we kind of start talking through our games and stuff like that is um obviously uh unfortunately the steamforge team had a bit of a problem didn't they they're, they're two staff members that should have been running it couldn't make it at the last minute 
um, which was a, which was a bit strange for them. Um, I think there was some some bugs going around the office by the sounds of it. Um, so uh, so some other members uh, ran it. Um, Matt Hart, but he'd never won a tournament before. I think Ben. I think mm. that's fair. Um, so, yeah. but I, I thought what was funny, and I thought it's it's a very nice thing about the God Tier community. I thought it really showed is just. One of the members of the God Tier community just said, "Oh, I'll run it. It's all right." And and uh, Mark jumped to the challenge and and sorted it out, and it went really well, and everyone helped. And you know, I kind of thought that's a really kind of nice positive thing about it, um, the community uh, for people who aren't as as into the community. You know, it really is that friendly that you know the actual players ended up winning the event because because you know there was some bugs and and people couldn't win it. So I thought that's a really positive for the community. Yeah. Yeah, well said. And a big thanks to Mark for for running it as well. You know, he was um he did a good good job running it, um and getting it all organized and and also kind of gave us the chance to play construction competitively as well, which was a turn up for the books. I think we weren't expecting that when we were when we were going, but um yeah, that was a good good shout and as you know, as I've said before, it's my favorite scenario, so it's really good to to uh to have a chance to play it. Also, the fact that Gotcher is a is a board X game, I think, makes it much easier to manage as a as an organizer, because you you don't get called out for like, am I within five? Am I not within five? Referee that piece of terrain, like the rules are so straightforward that you won't hit any technical problem with the players, and that that's great for the game. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, nice kind of. Crisp, clear rule set. I mean, Mark. Mark always kind of laughs about the fact he's never read the rule book because uh, he doesn't need to. And it is. It's just that you know, it's that simple and straightforward that you can get away without. You know, you need to know what's on your cards, obviously, but the core rules are just so sort of simple and basic that that uh, there's not really likely to be any need for for referees. Right. So anyway, let's uh, let's have a chat about our games at the um, at the at the open then, and uh, have a chat through how we think they went. Okay. So um, so let's start with Mike. How was your first game? First game was against uh, with uh, Rory, which also come from Ireland, uh, the Dublin man living in Ross. Um, I played with him uh, actually on. Um, I played the scenario twice um, with with Rory before within a month, so it kind of felt like you know a revenge <laughs> of the first game. Um, I I do not remember exactly how the game. Um, Paste, but I think it's the it's the I've let everyone the first of every single game. I think everybody won the first turn. I made sure everybody won the you know people won the first turn. So I think I've won nearly all my game five one. Mm. And the uh, and the uh, that first game was no no exception uh, because we know each other. He will tell you that. Uh, yeah, you feel he was he was broken into pieces, but it wasn't like every single turn was very close and made me think like, all right, how do I get this? So um, it was uh, it was a pretty first good game. 
Mm. Yeah, and I, I played Rory later. He's a real, he's a good, he's a good player. Um, um, so, yeah, gave me a tough match, um, which I'll talk about later on. But so, Elliot. Um, so I think me and you, we both had new players, didn't we? Yes, yes. I was, I was against a chap called Stuart, and I think this was the first tournament he'd played at. He'd, he'd played a bit just um, at home, I think, against his wife. Um, so it was interesting, actually. He, they'd interpreted one of the rules very slightly differently, um, which threw him. So, so it, they actually thought in the clash phase, you activated your entire warband. So you did your, your champion and, and then your followers, or in reverse. Um, so you only had three activations in the class phase. Um, oh, right. Yeah, so so it was, uh, thankfully, you know, Clash Phase 1, you know, my, my I think I activated first in Clash Phase 1. He went, oh, are you not going to activate, you know, your, I'd, you know, I'd activated my followers saying this, so you're not going to activate your, your champion. We went through it and he went, oh, okay, that's right. You know, he didn't didn't argue about it at all, but it, it's an interesting, yeah. slight misinterpretation of the, <clears throat> the rules. But, I mean, I'm sure God's it probably works fine like that, doesn't it? And if you're just playing it and all playing the same, it's yeah, it'd be interesting. Try that game. out as a try that out as an alternative rule set. Yeah, or there yeah. could be could be a scenario that uses that, couldn't there? Yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, so unity other than, scenario maybe. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, um, yeah, it, it, it was change. Uh, as I say, um, you know, it, it, it was one of them um, new player, so uh, you know manage a, a relatively comfortable win um you know it, it wasn't kind of making any massive mistakes just like kind of a little bit of suboptimum choicing of positioning people and and a little bit sub optimum target choice for him i think really um yeah yeah so but no the, the it was one of those as god tell often is uh, you know I, I actually won six nil but turn three did not feel like you know it did not feel as easy as the score looks like it was yeah yeah, I think that's probably fairly similar to mine. I played against Marcus Archer. He was he was brand new, I think he said. I think he said he like played it two games before and they were both like months ago or something. So, um or one was like year like one was like a year ago and one was fairly recently or something. So he was kind of yeah, he was very rusty and but yeah, even still turn three came round to being a bit on the tight side, so uh yeah but again a 6-0 to me as well um and so you know with us all all three of us having wins from that first round it was perhaps inevitable that some of us would end up um uh matched up against other round two and that happened to me and mike didn't it yeah we did um uh uh, construction as well, so <laughs> yeah. it was something unexpected for probably the both of us. Yeah, uh, I mean, we had, a, we had a joke, didn't we, that if Jamie and Steve had been running it, we'd never have a chance to play construction. <laughs> probably uh, not. Uh, but but yeah, it was it was great to give it a go, and great, I think, in terms of you know, from the, from a playtest point of view, great uh, too. You know, for it to be there in the in in like a competitive environment and see how it how it all went. Yeah, you. So if I remember well, you had Jack Skullbreaker and Shale, yeah. and that was against my Jean, Elena, and and Lily. Um, I forgot to mention as well that I came in with a theme, uh, and the the theme I wanted to bring was all girls. 
So yeah. uh, my four my four warbands were all ladies, um, which I thought was great. I'm trying to come with a different theme next year. Um, but yeah, I thought uh, you think it was a bad matchup, and I thought it was a bad matchup as well <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> thing. I was I was overly worried about uh, um, Shale, sorry, Shale and uh, Skullbreaker, yeah. which are a good team together. But uh, I think the scenario made us spread quite a lot, which went to my favor. Yeah. Um, and the fact that I I kind of felt that I could I. Because I think you won, you might have won the role, so you deployed first, yeah. which meant I kind of decided who went on which lane, and you yeah. also went first. Um, if I remember well, you went first and planted yeah. the banner with Jack. Yeah, that was the big. I think that was my first mistake was planting that banner. Um, yeah, and yeah because then that meant that that you had the chance to actually then start attacking me and starting whittling down some of my followers um, and still meant that I, that I won the first round. And it was really kind of quite important then about um, not so much the, the sort of like the positioning of the, of the extra tiles, but from the point of who got to go first round two. And I think round two was really where, where, where the game sort of switched and flipped. Um, and kind agree, of yeah. took it away from me, and uh, and then I couldn't get even get back into round round three. So five one to you, well done. Um, yeah, and I think there's a little thing that we were t- kind of talking about. At the end was we were kind of wondering whether Lily is a little bit on the strong side. That was something we came up that we were sort of wondering about, wasn't it? We chatted a little bit about that. Um, <laughs> I think she is because, believe it or not, um, before the tournament, I never played Lily. That was the first time. Um, no. I've, I've, well, I've, I've never played her kind of in, I don't think, in competitive game. I don't think so. I've played her once again, Rory, in a friendly. And yeah. I don't think, I, I don't remember playing her in, uh, in any online. So she's definitely on the strong side. I think. Well, that was was talking with Dave, but I think the big difference is, um, in my opinion, Wraith basically makes you win a round, nearly for sure, but she yeah. helps you win every single round. Yeah. That's uh. Yeah, I mean, she really kind of she shut down Skullbreaker, didn't she, for the game, basically. I think, yeah. and then in combination with the little bit of pushes that both Helena and Jean have. And the extra movement that Jean could give to Helena, as well, it was just really kind of strong on on that scenario. And you know, my kind of pushes with Jack and with Shale were really kind of weren't enough to mitigate it. And I think part of it as well was like uh, landslides, earthquake. It's only four dice, and I think the kind of quite often the person you needed to target was Lily, and she's just a bit too. Um, too dodgy for that. Too agile for him to catch her. But even then, you know, even like three for um for Jean or Helena, three dice to hit is was kind of proving difficult at times as well. So whereas Lily's just a lot more reliable, isn't she? She's got that six dice to to do the the, the two push, so Yeah, I think in um my first game 
Um, I I was using Lily, and I think I think Stuart had um, half tusk, and I just moved up, sat on the objectives, and just kept half tusk away so he couldn't plant. Yeah. Ever. Um, you know. It was yes. As simple as that. Just I literally think... kept. He, I don't even know if he ended up hitting people. He was literally just you going the in in the in the naughty corner half tusk. I said over there <laughs> for the game. Um, so. Uh... So, so yeah, I think I think she's she's certainly very powerful into the right matchups. I haven't quite figured out if she's bad into certain things or not. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, um, and so, uh, yeah. What was your game two, Elliot? My my, my game two was against uh, Dave, um, uh, wow. and yeah, I, I was. I was half expecting a game against Dave, half looking forward to it and half dreading it. Um, so, because uh, Dave, uh, Dave's a very good player. Um, I, I've beat him once by uh, by uh, making him go to the draw, as you like to point out and remind me, Ben. Might <laughs> 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 uh, go to time. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. Um, I think, so I'd used Morrigan, Lily and uh, Fenrir. Uh, he had uh, Killing Luella and um, Sneaky Pete. And um, Morrigan and Lily were doing fine on kind of one half in the middle of the board, um, but Fenrir was just being mullered by um, Sneaky Pete on the other half, and that's really, I think, what allowed him to take it. Um, you know, I thought I could use Fenrir against some of his, his minions as well, and it just it just never ended up working for me. Um, so, oh no, he didn't have that. That's that was wrong because he had Wraith Mood. So yeah, it's not quite right on the. So I'm looking on the actual long shanks, but he had Wraith Marid, right. so I don't know who yeah. he didn't have. Oh, he didn't have Kira. He had Wraith Marid instead. Um, yeah. Kaelin. Um, yeah, he had. Kaelin, uh, that's isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it says yeah, Kaelin on long shanks. Yeah, no, yeah, Wraith Marid. Yeah. Similar for me, it says I use Luella, but I use Schoolbreaker, didn't but, I? And oh well, I really, I really did a silly. I forgot about Wraith Ultimate, so I had Wraith in a lovely little circle of minions with Fenrir next to him. Um, and his splashlings were all dead. Um, so I thought, oh, there's no possible way you can get out of this now. Um, I'll just attack him. And he just obviously did his ultimate and teleported away, <laughs> <laughs> which I forgot about. And stomped my banner, which I also thought I'd protected. But, uh, but yeah, no, so uh, so, so Dave uh, Dave took, took it. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, a 6-0 again. He has a habit of doing that, Dave, doesn't he? Um, so yeah, we can get to more about Dave later on, I suspect. Um, so that left me and you both on one and one. Yep. Uh, but Mike's uh, plowing up the, to the leaderboards on uh, two and zero oh now, aren't you, Mike? Yeah, I think I was uh, because there was only three players that were two zero. Oh, that I had to play against somebody that was one one. And then Dave, Dave and Mark. And uh, it was uh, actually a very nice lady. Uh, that was truly, really unlucky with our dice. Um, and, and so that I was really, really lucky in that game. Um, i give you an example. Um, I sharpened Blade in a clash phase with Jean. So I was playing Jean Morgan and Lily, and she was playing Luella, uh, Shale, and Sneaky Peaks. I do think uh, Luella was bad, a bad idea, because all of my followers had armor 3. Uh, 
but I suppose Luna could be good into into Lily to to actually put pressure on her. But at some point, uh, I think it was one two. I sharpened blade and a clash phase with Jean to try to kill um, Landslide that was next to Shale, and I do kill Landslide, and then I had a four dice kind of attack to do on on Shale who was next to him. I said, "Well, that's free. Like, why not?" And I hit him. I was like, "All right, four dice." I hit him, and then I roll seven success on four dice. Oh, seven. And seven, yeah, for three sixties oh, and a success, word. basically. And basically just one shot him. And I was like, I was so sorry. I was like, sorry, that's not supposed to happen. Like, I don't think <laughs> I needed I don't think I needed that to win one two. But killing him made my run three so much better. Mm. Uh ice and standing up and everything, yeah. Yeah, it's just like it went. And obviously Gene scoring like seven points in 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 that turn plus putting putting him on the on the back like putting her on the back foot for round three. That was that was disgusting dice wise, I think. It's nice when the dice do that for you, isn't it? Yeah. Well, kinda nice and kind of a bit. I feel I feel bad as well. (laughs) I do feel bad. It happened to me like against me too often, so I know the feeling. (laughs) <laughs> right, so my round three. Um, uh, so I was playing um, Stuart, same person you played in the first in the first round, Elliot. So yeah, so again, you know, like a a, a newer player. Yeah, I mean, he was certainly um, a lot more experienced than the guy I played in the first round. You know, he was he gave me a good game. Um, but yeah, I think half tusk again. I was able to. I was able to kind of keep him pretty solidly uh, um, tied down with landslide, I think, uh, for quite a bit of it. Um, but yeah, it was good. It was a good game. Um, now this is a little bit. There's a little bit of controversy here that people may have seen on the internet um, because uh, by this point we realised that there's somebody had dropped and turned up. So they realized they had a spare table down the bottom and the table four that we were going to be playing on was, uh, it had a kind of a, the table legs in an awkward place that made it a bit uncomfortable to play in. So they said, oh, I'll just move down to the bottom table. So we, we moved down and we played there and it was a great game. And But um, people were, uh, Mark sort of took a picture of us and started taking the mickey out of me being on the bottom table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so me and Mark were playing, and, and we did like it that we were quite a few tables up from you, Ben. So yeah, we were t- we taking. So Mark, uh, not Mark, who the organizer, but Mark, uh, one of the guys who goes to the the club uh, local. Yeah. We've had on the podcast event. a couple of times now, haven't we? We, we have, yeah, um, yeah. So uh, that we, yeah, we got some good photos of that. We should put on Discord, taking the Mickey out of you, Ben. So uh, that's that was ideal. <laughs> Sorry to Stuart, we weren't trying to say you was on the bottom table at all, just Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, I played. Um, I was playing Mark. Uh, as I say, it was uh, well. I, Mark is the, is the person that I I introduced um, to the game, and um, I think was it after turn one, he had his phone out and was bidding on stuff on eBay after turn one of an intro game of God Tier. So I think he enjoyed it. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was a good game. Um, you know. 
It was, a, it was by far the toughest game I've played against Mark. Uh, it went 5-3 um, in the end, and um, uh, it was down to a dice roll, I think. Um, both turn three and turn four were down to one of those. Do you know when you're kind of going, all right, if if I get both of these followers, I win the game, but if either of mine miss, I don't, or if you manage to drop a hero, luckily, or something like that, it was it was literally down to the dice, uh, turn three and four. So that was really good. Um uh, and really good to see kind of Mike really, really give me some some pressure continues. He's not played that many games, really. He's still relatively new, isn't he? Yeah. Um, he's only just in double player. figures, I think, overall. Yeah. And, yeah, and he's kind of, he's kind of, he's, he struggled a bit at, uh, at, at the tournaments because he's come to us, for, come with us to a couple of tournaments and he's like, you know, there's, uh, yeah, there's me and, and you and, and then Dave and, uh, and and Neil is like really good as well. So you know, there's some really really good players who, who are kind of frequenting those those tournaments in the north, in you know the Sheffield ones. And uh, yeah, he was kind of he's been the, the last few days, a uh, few weeks. I think he's been sort of feeling a bit. I would say down on himself, but like you know, like oh maybe I'm just not very good at this, but I enjoy it, so that's all right. Kind of sort of attitude. Um, but I think he kind of came out of this event so thinking actually you know he's all right you know yeah, and he's improving he's... and he's getting better all the time and i think this match against you was kind of quite a good indicator of that um because he you know he took you to took you to round four he got three he got three more three points yeah, out of it and, so you know he could have won it in that round potentially you oh know? definitely it was it was down to some dice you know it was like i, I can't remember the exact set whether he you know i had to have a follower that didn't die or i had to kill one of his or, or vice versa something like that it was really down mm. to that i mean i think the odds were slightly stacked you know there were there were dice rolls that should have gone in my favor but as as uh Mike's just pointing out dice do some interesting things in this game don't they at times they so, do yeah <laughs> um so so yeah no that that was a that was a good game three. That was death as well, by the way. Uh, and yeah. Then, so on to round four. Yeah, I mean, so I'd had I, I've had quite a good um, tournament so far because we've had uh, what was the first one change, which is one of one of the ones that I kind of I quite like. Round one was change, wasn't it? Which is yep. which is one I quite like and one we we said is like a really good sort of intro scenario. Um, we've got, uh, then we played Construction and Death, which are my two favourites. So, and then going into the last round, it was Chaos, which, um, which I've always said, I've always said I quite like, but there's always been the issue with Chaos that the games just go on. And we had an extra half hour added to the, to it for it beyond the official time that they've kind of given us for the round. Because I suggested that you probably need it for chaos, and there's still looking down the list, like one, two, three, four of the games, um, of the six games, didn't, uh, you know, were, look like they've had time called on them. You know, they've not gone to a five point, a five point victory. It does. It does take a while. That we've we've seen this before at one of the Sheffield events. It does take longer. That particular yeah. it's a good map, but it does take a bit longer. Yeah. So shall we yeah. leave? Uh, like, let's leave Mike's uh, Mike's one for the last. The yeah. Last best, um, yeah. Because Mike, Mike, now if you if you're following this, Mike's on top table. Um, there's only two players left on three and zero. 
So this is the tournament match. So Ben, so, do you want to talk about yours first then, mate? Yeah. So so I'm playing Rory, who um who Mike played round one. Um fellow Irishman. And uh and yeah, it was it was just it was super, super close. And uh, you know, it was a, one of those that was real back and forth and real sort of like fighting fighting over it. I really can't remember who won which who won which rounds. So but we were we were into round four and it was three all and just by virtue of the fact that I was first player. Oh no, I think I must have I think I lost round three, so I think I won rounds one and two, and he won round three. Um, and uh, if I remember rightly, there was something that happened in round three that was something just went really badly for me. I think either he got um, a good kill, or I got a kind of a fluffed roll or something, um, or it might have been I made a t- I made like an activation order. And got some cocked some up activation order, but there was something about that turn three that it just went very badly for me. Um, and then we were into turn four, and I was looking at it, and I was thinking at the start of turn four, I was thinking, right, I think he's probably got this. This is going to be tight. I'm going to have to really be on my best game to try and make sure I pull this back. And I thought, and and it was my plot. I was going first in the plot phase, and I thought I actually did a really good job of setting up um, my kind of plot phase. Um, you know, setting up my banners and my and my blocking and my structures, and and getting uh, putting threats onto his characters. I think he had like a couple of champions that were on like one hit point at that point, and I had and I had them had them in range where I, where I could threaten them. So I was kind of, but then also I had I had a, I had a champion or two who was on one hit point as well. So that was kind of that that was like an interesting thing um, to see how that would have turned out. But as it happens, I just finished my I finished my my plot phase. So I was like a few points in because I planted some banners uh, and they called t- dice down on us. So I ended up um, going through as the winner on the tiebreaker for a three three. Which put me on three and one for the day, and then I finished on third in third place. My my last uh, my last game was against Mark, um, the the guy organising the, the sorry, winning it, Mark uh, Mark Pentos, and um, yeah, and um, I think at this point I I was just done. I think it had taken out of me. I was I was I mean, not no discredit to Mark. Mark's a very good player and just played very well. I I just made started making mistakes. Um, so all sorts of things, you know, forgetting to do stuff and, and, and all sorts of, um, you know, just silly, silly mistakes. Um, so it kind of really, uh, just, just really kind of started to struggle at that point in the day. <laughs> I, think, yeah, been... I, think, I think, I think, I think the game against David finished me off more or less. Yeah, well, it'd been a long day for you as well, hadn't it? You know, you'd started off very early, so. And then, um, Max, you know, Mark, uh, Mark, Max, just credit, just played. Mark's a very good player, just played really well. Not, didn't let anything drop. Didn't let, you know. Didn't let me catch him out with anything, uh, and caught me out when I when I did do my drops and, and messed up. He made me pay for them, so uh, well well deserved win for Mark. That was. Mm. So Mike, you were up on table one against uh, Dave. 
against I think I I can say it without uh without guessing too much. I think Davis probably the best player at Gotia at the minutes. Um even in real life online, I think he really deserves to be Rank one and long chunks. It's always, always a difficult game when you play Dave. He, he just know the car like the character so well. And he takes a good decision all the time. So if you yeah. want to win a tournament, you you just have to beat Dave. Um, I I think the that game there was two dice roll that was really really important. Um, we're talking with Dave, you know, during the game and afterwards, and I like I agree. I like he's done a couple of mistakes, and I've done, I've done very little on that one because I think as well, like by by now I I know I know very well how to play Elena, <laughs> and that's that she's the one that kind of saved me. But he turn one on the clash phase, he activated last. I was I I won first, so I was going to win the the turn one, and I. Don't think either of us wanted to win turn one, but he decided to go and attack Jean uh, and basically one shot at her um, with Kylene, and that made him win turn one. And he was I, raging. I love it, <laughs> I love it when stuff like that. I'll just put a few wounds on that champion. To yeah, set just me up try and set him up for oh. next go. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. I've one shot him. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> say that, that's the first kind of pretty bad dice roll. Uh, the second one was, yeah, more like a, a play. Um, so he said, okay, I'm going to build with Wraith to make sure I win one, two. Uh, and to be honest, when he ulted, I was like, oh, well, I'm done. <laughs> it is nothing I can do. But then just looking at the board, I was like, hold on a minute. I still have Elena and Jean to activate. And um, which Elena had a boon, uh, a movement boon at that point. And uh, Jean still had her ultimate, which meant basically. Elena could move three, and then um, Jean could also move three, one plus the two for ultimate, and then within two move Elena. So it, it meant that they could be separated by, I believe, eight X's, and I still be on, like be able to put Elena on the, on the, on the, on an objective X. And we discussed that, I think, is like... Although the fact that I was well set up, I think the two mistakes he's done is the first one, if he activated Wraith last, it would have been probably better for him, but he would have he would have taken a risk on the banner eventually, because uh, I think he rushed a banner. I don't know exactly what what happened, but I uh, I think he crushed the banner and ultimated eventually. Or maybe that was on one three that he crushed the banner. Uh, but going last with Waze would have would have negated basically my, my double move. And he could have also kept his ultimates if he knew it wasn't going to work, which we found out kind of a bit late after he used it that I could still do it. Uh, and that was the I think one of the big turns because I won turn two based on that. And on turn three, I build a bunker next to Elena 
uh, literally an n other than an, an, an objective x, and she had a follower all around her. Um, so if he wanted to move Elena, he needed first to move the follower around her. And chaos is easy enough for that because you place it wherever you want. So, you know, you place it next to Elena, Elena moves on that X, and then everybody moves around her. And then you have a banner that's technically uncrushable, especially if you place second. So that was that was my plan for turn three. Uh, but I think he, there was a couple of stuff that died. I think Jean might have died, and something might have happened that I was back on points. And I was like, well, I need to kill Pete now. And um, the Thronelings killed Pete in one go. One-shotted uh, Sneaky Pete. <laughs> One-shotted? Um, yeah, and it wasn't even... I didn't eat the five. Like I thought that was my only chance to get him. So Lily had given the Throning a damage boon. Yeah. And uh, so I had five dice. He's five health with armor one. And I rolled six. <laughs> so uh, I, I I didn't feel as bad as killing Shale with four dice, but I think it's still a really good roll. And it, it's uh, fine against Dave. It's it's allowed against Dave. <laughs> it's I, I I suppose that's payback for everything is done to me, uh, in a price dice wise. But the, even after that, I mean, he, he fought like like a lion. You know, like every single other move, uh, he had two banner. Um, I had two. And he still was slightly ahead on points by one. Um, and what happened is he forgot, but he blocked my way with my own model, with Kylin. And he forgot about my ultimate. And what Kylin done in his last activation, she removed the, her thronings that was kind of on her way, put it on an X behind her, and just crushed her his banner. And that was the game. It, it it sounds like it, it sounds like a really nice game actually. It was one of those. Um, I remember when we were there, you and you and Dave were talking about it. And it's one of those that kind of half wish they'd they'd run that separately so other people could have watched. Um, although you might not have liked the pressure at that point, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too sure. It never happened to me, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, no, it uh, it was good. As you say, Dave, Dave is a, a very a very good player. Is he back on number one now? I think. I hope. Um, I yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is is pro- probably where he should be, I suppose. Um, so, so, so yeah. No, well, well, well done, Mike, for winning the first uh, UK Open. For God's sake. Yeah. And, Thank uh, you very much. Did you manage to get your uh, trophy back home? Because that was so. Well, well, the last the last time I spoke to you, you were. You, you were discussing how you were going to get the trophy back uh, um, through the airport. So, <laughs> the, the... Yeah, the, yeah, the issue wasn't where I... Uh, I thought there was going to be an issue in the bag and everything. So what I've done is I removed it from the box to so it'd be able to fit in the box and I kind of rolled it up into my, uh, my clothes so it wouldn't break. And the, my bag got stopped at the airport. I was security and I was like, oh, oh, did I put fluids in it? And I really didn't think about the trophy. And the woman basically took everything out of my bag and took the trophy and basically looked at me, what is that? Uh, for her, it looked like a giant glass weapon. 
uh, I just said, I just won that at the at the at the events, you know, in the in the thing. And she was like, all right. I think she looked at it and read what was written in it. It was like, all right, yeah, you can have that. It's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was it, 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 it was funny because there was a, a an old lady. I don't know where she came from, but she actually brought a knife in her bag. Like a, a proper like so I think that they're busier looking after this <laughs> looking after me at some point so I was lucky enough as well. Oh dear. Oh dear. Well at least you got it home. I was a little bit worried that you you won't get it home. <laughs> oh. It's in my office. Jolly good, jolly good. Where it deserves to be. Um Yeah, um I, I... Well, any any other things we we want to talk about? I mean, it was it was quite nice. Um, they obviously given out the trophy uh, at the end. They kind of went went through the the placements, which was quite nice. Um, so yeah, um, really nice. It was, it was very good. Just for the weekend, I was hoping to. Uh, I proposed to them that if they needed help for demos, uh, I could help. And uh, they said, "No, we're all right." And I thought they were supposed to be back the following day for demos, and there was no demo day. On a Sunday, and if I knew, I would have brought a board and actually just do demo days myself. I've got you because I th- thought the game would have deserved to, you know, to be demoed and to be seen a little bit. That was the only, only downside for the weekend. Uh, for me, I would have liked to see a, a maybe a a gut stand or something on a Sunday. Yeah, there was no. They didn't have a presence at the. You know, they didn't have a stand presence at the event at all, did they, Steam Forged? Don't think so. It's strange. Strange. It's 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 an odd one, isn't it? Because it's it's one of those games. I mean, everyone I've demoed to really enjoys it, um, because it's a great game. Um, so yeah, you'd have thought that that would have been an easy place to get lots of demos, because that's what a lot of people are going for, isn't it? And then, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. there was maybe reasons, but who knows? Who knows? Well, it might be that the the staff was partially dem- de- decimated by the. Uh... But the the leggy that was knocking the leggy or whatever that was going around for him, yeah. Um, but well, yeah. So I don't know if that meant that they they pulled out of it late on, or that they were going to be there, or. But there's no signs of a of them having a stand, so maybe they've, you know, maybe they were late, too late for it, or maybe they were kind of they weren't planning, you know, maybe they think that it doesn't fit with the sort of demographics that they're targeting. I don't know. You know, I don't know. You would have thought, though. You know, they do. They have a lot of board games as well, and it's a really mainly a board game convention. So you would have thought that they'd have something. You know, some good presence there. You know, there's a lot of role players there as well. So you know, some good potential um, custom for their um, for the miniatures. You know, the D and D miniatures products as well. Yeah, because they're really nice products, though. Someone got me one of the snakes for a birthday. There's this really massive snake. I can't remember the name of it, unfortunately. It's a lovely model's paint. Beautiful. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. I think there's also, just if we go back to the to our games, there was one little thing that's probably worth a little um, a little failed instruction um, to to do it. So, we'll just, just run failed instructions, and then we can finish off and move through to the, to the next part. Failed instruction. Right, so it, in, it comes from um, our game, Mike, because there was a rule that with Lily that me and Elliot had been playing one way, 
and you said that uh, no, it plays this other way, and you kind of you know you said how it had been kind of discussed a lot on the um, you know on, on like the online tournaments, and then then it was there'd been a ruling on it or something but that was about when lily places her um her tokens down um and you know do, does um a minion get to claim that token if they recruit into that hex and that's something that me and elliot had always played that you couldn't haven't we el yeah that's what we've been playing yeah yeah and that's what I argue against, to be honest. <laughs> uh, because what happened is happened against me. I play against Lily quite a, a lot. And one of the games that happened to me, and I said, well, you can't do that. You need to move into it. And he said, well, I did move into it. It's, you know, uh, you know, if you placed into it, it's got as a movement. It's got as a, you know, like you're entering the X. And I was like, all right, okay, well, let maybe we clarify that. And uh, and I the only way you don't get it is if you get knocked out. Like you get moved as a champion while you get knocked out and you go on it and then you um you spend your first action to rally, you don't get it because you haven't yeah. you haven't hunted anything. So you you know, you probably like it's it's maybe a little bit like if uh, if Wraith would ultimate in it, if you see it that way, if Wraith ultimate into it, he'll still get it because he entered the X. Oh yeah, if so, you, you enter yeah. the hex, so the yeah, the word the word in is enter the hex. That was the that was the thing. I'd always I I in my head I had it was the word that when you move into a hex, but it's not. It's when you enter it, and so um, so if you think about it, you know, if you place into a hex, you are entering it. If you um, recruit into the hex, you've entered that hex. Um, it's only if you if you rally, you're not entering the hex. You're staying in the hex that you're already in. And because if you get moved into that hex and it's got one in it, you can't pick it up because you because you can't take boons. So that would be a potential situation where where you know you you couldn't pick it up but yeah so that's just a, just a quick one i thought worth a, a quick sort of mention just to make sure that we are all playing it right because we weren't yeah like i, I like i'm not the first time you got here i remember playing the game for the first year with the um the slime from Grimgut, what they're called um the scratchling the Oh, the Wretchlings, yeah. The Wretchlings. So I was playing it the way that I was attacking with two X of Wretchlings uh, with a single action. And I've done that for nearly a year when I started. And actually, I, when I started to play online, and I think it was against Sam, the first one of the first games I played against Sam, when he told me, well, that's two action. You can't move afterwards. I was like, well, oh, okay. So yeah, not the first time for me that uh, because I I I was like you like the first time somebody did to me say well you you can't get that you didn't you know you didn't move into it and I was like yeah I don't need to move it I just need to enter the X. Right. 
And just before we go with the expo, one of the other things that I should we should mention is um, there was a little bit of a just general um, free stuff given out as well. Oh um, yes, yeah, booty yeah. that was good. Yeah, yeah. So I think we all got some special of the new little um, uh, like resin tokens for blights and boons that were they were really quite nice red ones. Um, they look really quite cool, and we all got I think two of every type I think which was given out. Yeah, I think I ended up with three strength ones, and no, I got. Oh, can't remember now. Um, we, did, we did get yeah, some. I got three strength, three strengthens, and but on, and one accuracy, so it wasn't yeah. quite two of everything for me. <laughs> and then, um, then we also got two of the little. Um, I always forget what they're called. Placemats, I call them. Um, do you know where you put your cards? Um, they just went yeah. down the tables and you could pick them, which was really nice. And, and they've all got like their own art. So I think I got one for Fenrir and Dix, I think I got. Um, and yeah, they, they look really cool with nice, lovely artwork on, on the back of them. So that, yeah, that was nice. Them, they were yeah. giving out a few extra things like that. Yeah, I think I got a Fenrir one and, uh, and Jack, I think. Yeah, it was nice. I think I got um, Skullbreaker and Jack. They, they all look really nice. Um, it's, it's nice that they're doing specialised ones for your, your uh, so you can try to get the the ones for your 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 person. So that's really nice. Mm. Right. So let's move on to the plot phase. Clash phase, even Ben. The clash phase, indeed. <laughs> that's the one. Clash phase. Yeah, so um, when we was um, at the event, Matt Hart, um, and what was his title, Ben? I can't recall. He's the he? creative director for Steamforge Games. Um, he was one of the people kind of at the at the event. Uh, I won't use the word strong as running it, but having a Steamforge presence next to the event. Um, and uh, real nice guy was out, you know, was nattering to people. I know um, Mark, our, uh, one of the guys, from, the, the guy from... Um, from our end, um, had a nice good night with him and stuff. Seemed to be really friendly, and he kindly agreed to uh, do an interview. Um, unfortunately, he uh, you ended up doing that on the Sunday, I think. Yeah. Um, so, so, so I wasn't there. I, uh, I was at a completely different tournament in a different county for a different game system. <laughs> so uh, I, I was jumping off onto that. So, um, so yeah, um, Ben, um, I suppose now is it would be a good time to play play the interview. Yeah. Roll, uh, it's not VT, is it? Because it's not videotape, so, but yeah, let's roll the audio. Hello, so I am here at uh, Games Expo UK. Uh, we, it's the day after the um, UK Open, and I'm here with uh, Creative Director for Steamforge Games, Matt Hart. Yes, correct. And uh, Sherry Matthews, who is, what's your current role at the moment? Uh, product owner. For which products? That's a big spec. That's a big stable. Uh, Resident Evil, Horizon, Bardsung, Elden Ring, Dark Souls. Uh, Elden Ring, I'm kind of half hand holding with Alex. Uh, so Dark Souls. There's others. I, I kind of track Peaky Blinders. There's a few. Right. So busy. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, I I know you from um the old Gilball days where you were the lawmaster for Gilball, weren't you so and you had an input on the or still have maybe an input on the the background for god tier mm, yeah well obviously matt and i originally came up with the background for god tier way 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 back when and 
now you know I have Richard August now is also obviously on the team as well our RPG writer and that's a more shared responsibility that both of us have now uh, for various different bits of lore and background building and that sort of stuff obviously still working with Matt as well so excellent so um Let's talk about the event yesterday then. Mm. Um, so uh, we had uh, quite a good showing for it, really, com- compared to uh, the little local tournaments that we've been going to anyway. With like, I think we had, had six for the busiest ones. So we had 14, did we, yesterday? Four, 14 um, booked, but I think one was a no-show. Don't, I didn't quite find out what happened to them. Maybe they just hit travel or something like that. But yeah, we had 13, so we, we had to run with a bye uh, during the day. But good tournament, really you know encouraging sort of signs for the for the first showing um and it and it's one of those wonderful things that that the more excited we see people getting about it the more excited we we get about it and it's that kind of wonderful momentum building um relationship that happens um i know jamie and steve were were very sad not to have made it out to to uk games expo for for various reasons so uh, when Sharon and I were asked if we, we can step in, we, we were quite quite eager and excited and a little bit sort of shell-shook because it's been a while since we've run a tournament, as in never for me. I kind of tend to just rock up and, and play or, 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 or hang out, such is the luxury of what I get away with. But fortunately, um, we, had, uh, we had some help from pretty much everyone who, who turned up, getting you know the tournament software set up and and get, helping us get the round set up and everything so yeah, yeah it was a good day really enjoyed it yeah and in particular it was Mark Payton wasn't it who oh. stepped up to, to help organise the Longshank side of things yeah absolute legend and uh, eternally grateful for, for that so um, yeah it was when he said you got a Longshanks account and I was like what's Longshanks <laughs> So, um, yeah, I'm not going into too much detail about Longshanks because I have my own personal, he- my, my own personal he- history with Longshanks after the Guild Ball rankings as oh, well. Oh, right, yeah. 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 Uh, no, no, but no, me and Sam are on good terms, so it's all right. Um, <clears throat> so, um, yeah, so it was won by uh, Mike Marshall in the end, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, the, uh, the Irish Frenchman. <laughs> I, like, I couldn't, um, I was chatting to him. It was the first time I met him. Really, really nice guy. I could not place his accent because he was sort of saying, "Oh, did I bump into you in Belfast?" And it sounded like a Bel- like a like an Irish accent. And then he started getting more and more French the more he talk- spoke to me. And I'm like, I am so confused as to where you've come from. But uh, you seem like a great guy. And uh, yeah, he played really well all day. Um, so from, from when I was watching the games, he seemed to play a, play a really tight game. Um, and uh, I did see a couple of nice hot rolls, but that's the beauty of God here, isn't it? It's a bit swingy in places, and yeah, fair play to him. He uh, he he closed out a, a pretty tough game in the end, the final round. Yeah, I mean, Dave is a really strong competitor. He's part of our little local group that have been going to tournaments, and he's right. and he's been. Well, I think he's he's back on top now as as number one on the on the Longshanks rankings, oh, despite really? despite only coming second, mm-hmm. um, yeah. second, second yesterday. Special. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep playing those tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, but no, I mean, I played against Mike in uh, I think the second game where we did where we tried out the construction as well. And yeah. the kind of, how did you find that? Uh, I really love construction. It's my favourite. Um, it's my favourite scenario I think it really shakes up the game quite a lot and it's been interesting to really see how how much um, a, a scenario can really sort of add you know compared to the difference that a new champion release makes you know you always get loads of new fun when a new champion comes out playing that a new scenario is yeah. exponentially more because it's, it's adding an, a whole you know well, new extra seven, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think um, I think what I, I, 
it's one of the things. I mean, there's many things about Gotia that I'm, I'm I'm proud of the product that that we've made. Um, but I think the the dynamic nature of the scenarios and the and the varied um, approaches that they force you to take is is something I'm particularly proud of. And it's quite funny because I was um, chatting with with Steve and Jamie uh, a little while back and flicking through my kind of ideas notebook. I've, there's at least ten sort of scenarios that are, that are on the ideas list that. Um, or, or slightly further progress than that, um, that that we haven't even sort of like talked about yet. So, in terms of being able to keep the game feeling fresh and exciting, and, and starting to seed these things in when we go, you know, when we start running more tournaments, that's yeah. definitely something that I'd like us to, to really carry on doing. So, it's a good. Uh, hopefully, is yeah, there should be no extra incentive to go to a god tier tournament, but the idea that you know we will be trying out some of these scenarios and. Um, I think should be hopefully quite exciting for people to kind of experience. Now, our little joke as players was that if Jamie Perkins had been in charge of this tournament, we probably wouldn't have played construction. Do you think that's fair? <laughs> he would never have played construction in round two. <laughs> <laughs> he might have, actually. Do you know what? Like, I think um, I've, I've obviously known Jamie for a really long time, and I think there's... Um, I think there's fond memories of Jamie as he was 10 years ago and and I look at the Jamie now and I see a quite a different person so I I think for the for the purposes of humor he would never have done it but I actually got a sneaking suspicion that he probably would have thought about it quite strongly and it wouldn't have surprised me if he had have gone a little bit maverick and just run it but let's for for humor's sake no he'd never have done it <laughs> um i suppose from your point of view it because it, it's in a beta play test at the moment isn't it uh, officially mm. so running it in a big tournament like this gives you a lot of good feedback potential doesn't it yeah it, it, it gives a real good stress test um nothing uh, egregious popped up in fact um one guy i forgot his name uh, one of the berry guys um uh, sort of said this is a brilliant scenario because you're so engaged from turn one um, you should seriously think about this being the tutorial scenario that you use to kind of teach players with so that's a, a cool bit of feedback that I'm going to take back and, and talk talk with the guys about for sure yeah. I bet that was Mark that was something because yeah. uh, me and Mark played together um, like the Thursday after it was released I think it was only released on a Tuesday right. or a Wednesday so we, we jumped straight into it yeah. and it was like um, he was saying, "Oh, I don't, I don't know about this one. I don't know about this one." And then by the end of it, he was completely because yeah. he's he's a very new player as well. You know, I think it was like about his tenth game ever that oh, was, was was construction. I think he I think he won two won two games. So he was like, I've, you know, after he won his first kind of competitive game, he's like, "Oh yeah, finally," you know. Um, so yeah, he was uh, he was pretty made up. But yeah, you're right. It's um, I think. One of the cool things that I remember um, from from back in the heyday of, of Gilbo and the relationship that we had with the with the player base and or the fans, I should say, it actually felt like we were fans as well, and it's almost like we we're all on the same side of the table talking about the, this game that we were doing, and, I, and I'm seeing and really want to kind of capture that with with God here. So it's really important to us that we're we're transparent and and, and open and not scared of trying things. We should try stuff and. Uh, and really push this game because you know it's, it's one of those products or, or, or games that I get to talk to an awful lot of people about around the world and everyone that I've shown the game to falls in love with it 
So, so my job is to, is to tell as many people about it as I possibly can, and then Steamforge's job and the development team's job is to make sure that we're we're really listening to what people are saying and, and responding to it, um, and and just driving it forward. But the more we can make it a communal activity, I think the more fun it will be, and the better job we'll do as well. Yeah, that's excellent. I mean, we've really enjoyed um, playtesting it and, and having a go at it. I think I've still got a, a game I need to do a, do a fill out a form for. But yeah, it's we, we've really enjoyed it. And uh, um, yeah, me, Elliot, and Mark who play regularly together in Berry have really have really enjoyed it. So um, big thumbs up from us, anyway. Um, so um, another aspect about the um, about the the tournament was the best painted award. Um, yep. So, Sherwin, you, you took all of that. Now, I need to be careful here because my podcast co-host, who isn't here, was the one who actually won it. <laughs> and he tends to get a big, 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 big-headed about his painting at times. He, uh, yeah, I'm saying that as a joke. No, he's he's, he's very humble, really. Um, but um, so, yeah, what do you what did you think about the standard of painting that there was at the event? Yeah, it's exceptional. Like, uh, no, no secrets here. The best painted is always like. That, for me personally, is always the most interesting award of all of the different bits and pieces, purely because, uh, from my personal approach of how it is, I'm very much a hobbyist. I, I like to tell stories with games and so on. That's always been me. So so that's always the most interesting part of any event I ever go to. Um, it's just seeing people's armies and their imagination, different colours and different ideas and so on they bring to the table with this. Um, and there are some awesome armies yesterday, or warbands, I think is probably the more appropriate term. So... Uh, I must admit, the one that I would have picked, because I ran the whole thing as democracy. You know, players got to vote on who they who it was. So fair play to Elliot, had tremendous looking warband. Um, the one I would have picked was actually not Elliot's. So that you can use that if you want to sort of you know keep the head swelling down to a normal <laughs> reasonable level. But um, but yeah, it was it's solid. Like it was just really really good. I um, I think one of the things that especially with god tier because you do have such a varied amount of different champions with different backgrounds you know orcs dwarves elves all sorts of things it's hard to make everyone feel uniform and like they're part of the same warband and i think seeing the creativity of how a lot of people approach that but then manage to still make that work while also in a lot of ways and this is also another challenge to go with that keeping base trims or whatever or keeping some element of the base color so you can still still tell who's a slayer and who's a maelstrom and so on really really smart really really clever so it's just lovely to see that yeah i think that's something that elliot's in particular um he's he always kind of uses part of the of the class color in his in his color schemes for each of them yet still has a lot and he's got a lot of sort of rock themed in in a lot of his stuff as well so um so i think the other one that stood out for me and the one that i voted for was um barry nixon's um was that the one that you picked or do you have a a third no no, No. I'm, i'm with you I picked Barry's army. Uh, obviously, not that my vote meant anything, of course. I guess it would have been a decider. We'd had a draw, but um, didn't yeah didn't use that. Um, I personally, for me, Barry's army was really really good. I liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think I I would say that I think Barry's was probably a bit better painted in terms of the skill, and maybe Elliot's won people over more for the the way like like you were saying about the the, the color scheme and capturing that. I think because I think the colors of the. Um, of the classes has now become a, like a, a key component of God Tier. You know, I mean, I've talked about since the Kickstarter release about my Team Yellow pl- ideas because I love the Maelstrom classes <laughs> and things like that. That's so, because they're OP. 
<laughs> well, I don't think they are really. Actually, you know, I've had to when I wanted to start being competitive in, to- in tournaments, I had to drop it. Oh, <laughs> but anyway, I think I might go back to it with Fe- Fenris on the on the scene now to yeah. try out. And there's talk that she makes Grimgut um, a bit better because she because of you've got all those minions that can really easily put. Well, I think Grimgut makes her better is possibly the better way to, to think yeah, about in, it. In a, in, well, it's with her movement tricks as well, isn't it? So. I think it's one of the things that we talk about an awful lot is is when we're concepting the the, the champion designs. It's really looking at um, not only does that champion need to have a unique identity and bring something different to the to the game, but also who else does it then elevate, if you like, in in the meta um, and and keeping the game fresh by looking at some of those uh, perhaps older champions or those champions that just aren't as popular right now um, does a new champion kind of activate them or bring them a little bit more online and I think that's one of the more fascinating aspects when we're looking at the champion roster overall um, so you know you look a good example is looking at Morrigan and, uh, and, and looking at how Lily kind of doesn't suddenly make Morrigan an auto pick but just elevates her enough to be a consideration and then the meta will react to that and swirl around again. So, yeah, I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to seeing what the impact Venma is um, and what the and keeping an eye on what the play rates are. Yeah, yeah, it'd be good to see. Um, I mean, I know Elliot's been playing Lily and Morrigan a lot together and he used it at this tournament. He's used it at some of the, the couple of the previous tournaments um, since Lily's release, um, and he's done he's done well at those tournaments with her. I think he was saying this time though he he kind of he was struggling a bit with 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 them in combination this uh, at this one. So I don't know if it's just well, it's, it's still a multi-stage combo. So you still it was I should say a multi-activation combo. So you still need a degree of setup. So you know there is a degree of counterplay that's available to your opponent, and anytime you've got a multiple. Uh, step. There's a chance. You know, there's a there's a failure point at each of the end of the. You know, at the end of each of those steps. So, it may well be his opponents kind of counterplayed him, or they were just a little bit harder to set up. And I think, I think that's important when you look at like the power of of Morrigan, You know, with the snowball, you need to make sure that there's some degree of counterplay to that. So, if if you are caught by it, it it needs to be. You need to feel well. I fair enough. I was outplayed. I, I caught a snowball in the face, and it and it kind of hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think one of the things also that was really nice to see yesterday was there's an awful lot of diversity in terms of what champions have been picked and everything else. Mm. So, so it's not like a one size fits all. There's there are lots of different answers to questions happening yesterday. So it, therefore, you know, if, if you're used to going well, our meta always plays this combination of champions. I don't necessarily think that that was something that was quite so viable yesterday because there were just so many different potential answers for questions you might put on the table, which is really cool. And obviously that's a good stress test for the level of player you are. Um, you know, it's, it's simply, if you're a good player, you can adapt to lots of different bits and pieces along those ways. Obviously not saying that Elliot's not, but lots of different variables, lots of different things to consider when you are looking at your combos on the table of how someone might counter that with what they've brought. Yeah. Um, and I think that's always the best thing about when you get a larger event like like the Open was pulling people from all over the you know over the world because or all over the country because you do start to see weird combinations that people play in their local clubs or amongst themselves that you just never have thought of or you don't ever see very often or whatever else. Um, as, you know, someone was talking about uh, Luella, for example, said, I'd never see Luella, Luella, you know, kind of yesterday to me. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. And I can't even, you know, I don't, I don't know 100% sure what she does, but I'm going to find out. Like, <laughs> so it was good. 
Yeah, oh, Luella's my favourite. Um, uh, but yeah, I think actually to be fair to Elliot, I think the biggest problem he had was that he was playing Fenner off two practice games. So yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean the, the sort of like the real kind of thing for me was because I, I played against Mike round two. Uh, uh, yeah, Mike, the, who won it round two, right. um, and he absolutely took me apart, um, and and he took me apart with Gene, <laughs> who I have. It's become a bit of a meme on our podcast oh, really? that I don't like Jean, oh, okay. and it's because I love yellows, and I've just never been able to get her to do anything. And I think I think essentially she's a high skill cap champion. I think she's she's not bad like I think she is. I think I think she's just too she's just more complex than my brain can cope with. Is perhaps the best way of thinking about it. I think, but that 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 shows um, a lot of the you know the roots of the the concept behind God here as a game is is you know as you know my love for League of Legends and MOBAs has, has never been a secret and and having the diversity of champions in 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 a video game like that where you do have more accessible champions champions that are easier to you know a bit more straightforward they have a certain power curve um, uh, and you talk a lot awful lot about a floor and a ceiling um, and yeah, you look at someone like Gene. The, the floor is a little bit higher, but it does mean the ceiling's a little bit higher. So, you, it, it's one of those champions. That the more you put in, and the higher your skill gets with it, the more you're gonna you're gonna squeeze out of it. Um, I'm with you. I I um, I I've painted Gene because I love the model, but I I don't play with her regularly. <laughs> it is a great model, though. Oh, it's a cool model. Very cool. Um, and it was one of those models that um, we really wanted to do, and. It really started to um, help Sherwin and I, and, and and now Richard August, sort of start to really shape that kind of goblin culture and that kind of concept of of them, you know, almost appropriating cultures. This is almost their culture is is they emulate and appropriate other people's cultures, which I quite I quite I find quite fascinating because it really opens up some interesting sort of visual language for for goblins as a as a race. So. Hmm, that's interesting. I don't, was I wasn't aware that they were that they were like that they were going around like robbing other people's cultures, which is very kind of goblin to be to be thieving, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So they steal, you know, they they steal all your rubbish and they nick everything else. But they, I just think like if you're rooting through the bins of, of a certain type of people, then they're going to start wearing clothes similarly and and acting similarly. And it just felt it just felt kind of interesting and a, and. A, I don't know if it's unique or not, but it just feels like a different way of looking at how goblins would actually interact with other races around the around the world. I think of all of the races in God Tier, they're the most adaptable. The goblins turn up everywhere; they adapt in the most, and they are by far and away the most varied and the most different of all of the different races we have in the in the world. Well, that's exemplified as well by, you know, the, the goblins are the you know the only race um, currently that has. Um, uh, over aggressive actions in the plot phase, but then they kind of taper off. So it is giving him them a, a a really strong gameplay identity that, that kind of matches. In a weird in a weird way, it kind of gives a contrast, but it also underpins this concept that visually they might look quite varied and different. But there's a consistency consistency there for the goblins from a gameplay point of view. Yeah, yeah, they're certainly interesting ones to play. You know, I've played a lot of Sneaky Pete myself, oh, and, and and I'm a big fan of Jack at the moment. Yeah, can, yeah so yeah, I am. A, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm, in, I'm generally in Team Goblin. I just can't get my head around Gene. But I think I'm just going to come to the conclusion that I'm not clever enough for uh, <laughs> and just play play the simple stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, so I find um, I I like running two simple and then one slightly complicated. 
So yeah, if I'm if I'm going to try Gene, then I'll go with uh, someone a lot simpler, like a Rodri and a Rangos, and then then I can put all my brain power into Gene, trying to work out how she's how she's going to help me. Yeah. <laughs> While Rangos and Rodri just kind of look after themselves, it's fine. Yeah, I suppose it's a good sign to Mike that then that when he's using Gene and he's using Lily, who's also oh someone God. like yeah. really complex and uh, I can't remember who his who his third one was against me, but it was just those two. Yeah between them just kind of completely <laughs> made me made my game so difficult just shoving me all over the place yeah. I think Schoolbreaker didn't manage to attack all game <laughs> he just kind of kept him locked out it was phenomenal to, to play against really someone like Femra will help you know um, move, like with a lot more bringing a lot more uh, mobility to your lineup as well so again goes back to what we're talking about keeping that meta kind of fresh so you don't want to end up with you know strong control pieces like, like Lily like Jean you know, so the counter to that is, is providing a little bit more movement, and then you'll see another swirl around as to who's dominant and who's not, and and that's how we keep the game fresh. Yeah, and it's good, and I think it's working. You know, it's it it's it certainly kind of you know we're seeing like a resurgence of Morrigan when Lily came out. You know, there's talk. I'm not we waiting to see what the Fenrir reaction will be but there's people are talking about different things you know um, lots of people talking about the, the potential reaction interaction with, with Grimgut because he's another one who's been who's fallen off the mm. uh, out of favour in, in our in well so more with the um, like the Discord group the more competitive players on the Discord they're kind of been a bit down on, on Grimgut yeah. you still see him in tournaments I think because I think because it, he's one of the simpler ones to do. He's he's weird, mm. but he's not complex. You know, you just put it's your not complex board control. Yeah, but but through through being easy to use, is also easy to kind of work against, and that's possibly a strength and a weakness at, at the same time. Yeah. Um, right. So, but uh, we had a, a successful tournament yesterday. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, now, one of the things that kind of really stood out for me, the thing I liked best about this tournament was the freebies. <laughs> um, and uh, I loved it. I'd, I'd already got um, some of the, the little uh, red uh, acrylic tokens, yeah. uh, and they are absolutely They're beautiful. Wicked, they, yeah. And then we got, uh, like, a, so I got, I got a couple of them uh, from a tournament in Sunderland. I think they just split them up. Did they have, like, one pack of, one Probably, pa yeah. pack of like, two of everything and split it up between those or something? Um, but we got a set of roughly two of everything Good. I think I got three strengths and one um, one accuracy boon nice. in, uh, in, uh, instead of like a full set but we got uh, we got ten so I've added that and so now I'm thinking well I want to go to more of these events get more of these and try and collect a, a full set of six, six of them and I think that that them Having them as um, these little things and, and spreading them out, I think that was that was really good. And the the the, the play mats that we got for that are specific to each champion, they're good. So that's another kind of collectible thing. Yeah. Kind of go to tournaments and try and collect. You're potentially getting like swapping things. Oh, can you? I, I really like this character. Can I can swap with you? Yeah. So yeah. So from the community, a big kind of thanks for that cool. that that sort of tournament support. It's it's really enjoyable. I think it's going to add that extra extra level to it um so but um <clears throat> are there are there is there anything else on the horizon on, on on that score or or any other plans for how you can how you plan to support the tournament and and maybe other organized play as well through because we can do potentially organized play for the campaigns as well mm. so i think um talking about it with the guys so you know as you mentioned the the acrylic tokens they're actually a, a, a really nice um 
I mean, look, materially, they're not worth an awful lot of money, but they are really nice to build your collection out, and you do want to have, you know, three or four or five of each one. Um, so it is a nice kind of thing to just slowly kind of build up over time. Um, obviously, there's objective hexes is a direction of travel. The player mats is obviously a direction of travel. And as you know from the campaigns, having the paper mats that have different um, different graphics on them is also another thing that's very easy and, and accessible for us to do. Um, one of the key things that, that we want to do with uh, with the OP is is actually having spent a couple of years focusing on like a, like a narrative experience and I think people are now used to and enjoy that, that kind of concept um, and, and engaging with the game in that way is as, as we had yesterday um, leaning more towards what does it now look like as a, as a more I guess sort of traditional competitive orientation um, and having um, tournaments that run in that kind of style so I think for our focus, when we're looking to sort of create OP kits and, and things like that, we'll be looking at that as a perspective. But the lessons that we learned from uh, the more um, narrative-driven is, uh, is is making sure that we aren't just um, providing price support for the people who win the tournament or get the best painted, but it's actually a celebration of everyone coming together. Because you know, I'm a I'm a mid-table player, and and I don't care. Because I, I, I go there to, you know, when I want to play in a tournament, I want to play three or four or five games of a game that I like. I want to meet a bunch of people that I haven't seen for a long time. I want to meet a bunch of people that I've never met before. That's what I get out of it. Now, if I can end up with a couple of little kind of memory triggers that just make me think, oh, yeah, I'm glad to enter that event, added two more tokens to my collection, that's the angle that I'd like to go. So really want to make sure that when people go to a God-tier event, they feel that like they're part of the community. They feel like they're, you know, not getting something out of it because it sounds very transactional. But it shouldn't be just the person on the top table who, who scoops up everything. That's that's absolutely um, something that we that I'm really against, and I know I speak for for the team in that regard as well. So, you know, recognizing great play, great skill. Um, and, and make sure that you know there is there is something for the winner because you should celebrate that but also make sure that everyone feels part of the event yeah I think that's good I think what I think is, is a potential great uh, effect of these is that if you're the guy in your in your little local meta who goes to tournaments and you're bringing back this stuff it looks cool you're putting your new bling down on the table right and it's going to encourage other people to maybe want to go to those tournaments as well. So, and that's kind of all. I I would hope that that would all be then something that would then help to develop the community and grow, you know the the overall community for the game and grow it further as well. Because you know we're fans of the game. We want to see it as successful as it can be. Um, right. So let's um, let's just round up. But before you go. Um, is there any any anything that you can reveal for the future? Anything that we've not covered, or any any like spoilers you might be or teasers you might want to drop some subtle hints to, or something? Uh, I have one. 
Uh, Jamie will 100% be running the next event you go to. <laughs> Spoiler. Because <laughs> I, I, as much I was actually having quite a lot of fun messaging Jamie yesterday as we, as we sat there. We're doing this in the next round, and and I scattershot it so many ideas to him, and he's just like at the end he just gave up. He's he like, I, I don't know which ones are real, which ones are not real. I just give up. Do whatever you want. That's fine. No, like, you know, you've already broken my event. That's fine. But this is what happens when you Sherwin and Matt go to an event and try and run it instead of me or Steve. So no, no I've, I'm 100% sure that Jamie and uh, Steve will be back up and running and uh, the next event will probably be run by them. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I've probably um, um, gone too early, but yet the, the focus on, or the, the, the shift in focus away from, um, you know, pursuing the, the, the narrative almost, you know, in a, in a dogmatic fashion, actually looking more towards what does this game look like from a competitive point of view, that's... That's a that's a strong indication of, of the future for us. Obviously, um, we talked earlier about um, the impact of new scenarios and the fact that those um, those are the kind of things that are, are easy for us to deploy. You know, we can put a blog post out like we did with construction. We can talk about it. We can then see how everyone loves it and, and or not and get the feedback from it. That's that's something that I think is a really important part of us engaging with the community and, and all of us coming together and talking about the game um, and then obviously beyond that there'll be new champions um, you know that are always in development and always at various stages but as you know you know from from a champion inception to a champion being on the shelf is anything up to a couple of years so there's there's a bit of a rolling rolling road going on on with that regard and one of the things that I need to kind of um, keep in my mind's eye from from my job role effectively is is if we're looking to bring more and more people into this game, one of the things that's actually uh, an impediment is, is is just having a wall of options. So helping to shape the product lineup to make it um, accessible for new people coming in, so they have a, a better a better first experience and a better journey, um, and also making sure that people who have um, kind of got into the game and and are, and are super engaged with it ensuring that they have kind of new and fun stuff to play with as well and those two don't always necessarily go together so so my my job is to kind of thread those needles um, so I guess it's the easy option is is lots of champions but I think if you do that it's great for the experienced people not so great for the new people getting into the hobby because I think it's quite intimidating so it's finding that sweet spot so yeah I think Look, watch this space for lots of cool scenario ideas. We're going to try a whole bunch of these ideas out. As, you, as I said, I've got at least you know ten or eleven that I've seen in my my notebook that we haven't even got, gone near yet. Um, and then yeah, the, the odd champion here or there. Excellent. Right. Uh, so with that, we'll uh, call it there. And so thank you very much for your time and um, enjoy the rest of the expo. Yeah, you too. Thank you very much. Okay. Very much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. So what what did what what did you feel overall from from talking to Matt then? Um, any kind of major points you want to want to bring up, Ben? Obviously, you was the, you was the one also getting the the visual clues from him on on the day while talking to him. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, he seems very kind of keen to um, to be supporting God Tier and wants God Tier to be successful. Um, you know, he was, and you know, I think he's got. We we talked a lot about. The, the balance between, um, you know, having the game that works for competitive players but also works for, for new players and the, the complexity and the, um, you know, the, the overwhelming sort of amount of 
champions that might be out there to um, to be able to use and how that kind of affects things. So um, yeah, so but yeah, he seemed he was he was kind of he was you know he's like you said before he's you know he's very friendly, very kind of um, open to talking about it, and uh, uh, yeah, it was it was it was a nice little chat, some interesting kind of things to that I came out of it. I think the thing that kind of was the most surprising to me, really, and I kind of I have to say I kind of I did sort of shed a little bit of a tear for it. Um but yeah, he said he was saying how they're moving away from the, the narrative play and focusing on the on the competitive stuff. And I can definitely see why. I mean the, the amount of effort that must go into making a new set of those um upgrade cards and then you know come up with the story and then the scenarios for that story and, and all things like that. And then we just haven't played it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's lots... I mean, some of that is, though, you can't get hold of it. You know, that they've made it so that it is, um, you know, store purchasable only. So if you want to run your own little event, you can't really get hold of it. Um, But, you know, having said that, it's, you know, the competitive scene is um, functional. I would say probably is the best way of putting it at the moment. You know, it, it's you know, it's small, it's growing slowly, but it is growing. You know, it's a good showing at the um, at the expo for a first tournament. So, you know, I think we've got a good good potential, potential, you know, for it to for it to grow in the future. And I think he is probably right that the competitive scene, you know, that the basic. You know, that more simple way of of um you know just sort of playing a few games that uh, that just don't sort of change the rules or play around with it is is probably the best way to do that so you know I'll miss the campaign play uh, but I do have cards now for all of the characters up to Fenra I think maybe not including Fenra but um you know I've got a good sort of spread of those upgrade cards so you know we can potentially run our own yeah and uh he was also talking about new scenarios so that's one of the things they seem to be focusing on mm. um from for me so that that was quite interesting because i think i don't know about uh yourself ben and mike whether you thought but i was quite surprised when they just threw um through uh through the new scenario out before um construction I, I i you know I, I thought they'd done all the scenarios they were ever going to do so i was quite pleased at that and even more pleased when he said when he said that they might do more yeah i mean was it like 10 i think he said that he had ideas for so um yeah i think that's that's a really good way i mean we've kind of found ourselves with construction that it's just it's added so much more to, um sort of like play options to the game it's kind of you know it's brought characters back into the game that were um, less popular and uh, makes it harder for some of the more, um, you know, more traditional picks. So um, yeah, I think it's it's just a a really strong, um, really well. I think construction specifically is a really strong scenario, and I think it's really good that that's what they're looking into. You know, that that's that's the um, 
a focus for their development for the game going forward. It's going to be more of these scenarios. Any other points, uh, Mike, you wanted to make uh, based off what he's said? No, I'm thinking, like, I think it's good that they are going to focus maybe less on having loads of champions and more scenarios out because for, like, how long Kotschia has been there? Like, three years maybe now? And in three years, we only got one new scenario and loads of new champions. So I think I think it's nice they will balance and get us, you know, way more scenarios and a bit less champions. And uh, so far, nearly all the champions that are coming out are pretty good. I cannot even start to come back on Kaylin when I was crying a lot at the time that she was way too good. And with the new champions coming out and some new scenario I can see now, like her weakness start shows even more than usual, so that's that's pretty good. I think one of the podcasts you were talking guys about the what what type of scenario you would like to see as well. It was one or two podcasts ago. Yeah, yeah. So it's something that's also people are wondering and, and need. So that's good that they go into that direction. Have you got any thoughts on what you'd like to see on a on a scenario? Um, these I would add one idea that I think would be cool is um, a, a board with no objective X on it at the very beginning, and every time something dies, so every time a champion or um, I think a champion would be enough. Every time a champion dies, the person that has the champion that can place an X either on the where the champion died. Or, or KO'd, sorry, or KO'd, or next to it, don't don't know exactly how that would, you know, work. And then, as the game goes further and further, the more kill there is, the more Objective X pop up. And obviously, because there's no Objective X at the beginning, the only way to make points is to kill stuff in the first couple of turns. So in the first couple of turns, you start to see X popping in. And then the more X there is, maybe the less chance you have to have X is popping around because you don't need to kill as much stuff. You just need to keep to protect your banners. So I thought it would be an interesting concept. Mm. That would be really interesting, yeah. Yeah, that sounds brilliant. I think it'd have to work on killing followers as well as champions, wouldn't it? Yeah. If you cleared a hex of followers, you could maybe add one into that hex, maybe. You know, that could, could be, be yeah. And, and that also would force people not to put a single follower into an X eventually, or would like they they would do it because at the minute as soon as you see Black Joe on a board, you go like, oh, I'm spreading large. Yeah. And if you play on that scenario and Rangash is there, you go like, all right, I'm gonna spread, but then he's gonna create a million uh, eventually. But I don't know, but like you know, it's an idea. It needs to be you know developed a bit more and have more thought into it probably. Mm. Yeah, oh, it's it's, it's cool, yeah. Right. Um, is so. Um, is that on to the end phase? Then do we think? Yeah, let's move on. End phase. Okay, Mike. So. Um, what what other games are you interested in other than God Tier? 
So I think I want to talk about the main one at the minute. Uh, what happened is over the last few years, I really became dice sick. And uh, and I hate when people say, well, if you don't like dice, go to play chess. And I go like, no, I like fantasy and sci-fi. I want, so, I want to get something that's not dice or, or you know, flip a card dependent. And I tumble around um, Moon, Moonstone. And Moonstone, um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen it or heard about it, but um, I think if uh, Disco World Universe had a war game, Moonstone would be the, the closest. Uh, the art and the story of Soul uh, Terry Project. It's... Uh, it's a lot of nonsense and uh, a lot of uh, uh, really good and colorful characters. Uh, it's really good. And the fighting system, I was super happy because at the UK Game Expo, I, I actually talked about for about two hours to the guys that made the game. And basically, the man is a fencer. Like, as a sports, he was doing a lot of fencing, medieval fencing and other type of fencing. And it happened that he... He used to write rules for other people, and at some point, so I'm just going to write my own rules and make my own game. And the game is kind of based on fencing, so it's basically a bluffing game where you've got, I think, the the combat deck got 18 cards, and the better you are at fighting, the more cards you draw. And each, uh, so you got six six different moves. Uh, in combat, two defensive, one that's neither really defensive or attacking, it's in, in between, and three attacking moves. And you're kind of going to bluff on what type of move you're going to go next. And your opponent is going to do the same. Um, and then you reveal. And I really love that bluffing system. And it's all about the magic is a bit the same. It's, it's a bluff system with a deck of magic card. And it's so refreshing. I don't think there's any game that um, technique-wise, like gameplay-wise, get close to it because it's really different to anything you you would see. Um, so that's why I really, really fell in love with the game. And, and interestingly, talking about Moonstone and Games Expo, it won the Best Miniatures Games Award at, at Games Expo this year. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and I think it does deserve it. Like the like I the minis are resin. And because the minis were resin, I was really like, oh, not too sure about that. And when I bought my first set, the minis are really, really nice. Um, so I talked about the rules and the art a bit, but the, the quality of the, the the minis is really good. It's a game that you play on a 3x3. Three three. Um, I think when you, when I've been playing about Gautier, uh, I, when I've been playing Gautier, I kind of feel a bit like every time I go back to a measuring stick, I'm a bit like, mm, don't like this too much. I really like the axis. But in that game, it's actually okay. Like, the, like the movement was small enough, and the measurements are, are easy enough. Um, my only downside to those games is you guys have been, I've, I believe you've been playing Guild Ball? I've played Guild Ball. Elliot's not yeah. really played it. Probably, probably one or two games of it, haven't you? Yeah, so, Al, you, you probably know what I mean as well. Is There's one thing that I always hated about war games is the measurement of things. Mm. I just don't... I think that's where the arguing comes from most of the time with people. 
and you got sloppy people, you got people that are a little bit too like super strict and look at you like if you're going to rob them and you know it doesn't it doesn't have a nice atmosphere to have the measuring things when measuring is so important in the game. So uh, anything that I measure, I don't feel I don't feel too right about it depends who you who you play against. And as well, like you want to make sure you measure right all the time and, and I think that takes a lot of my energy at least. Uh, and it's hard to go back if you like you basically can't go back once you move because you, you don't know exactly where you put the model. When Gotcha is such a good game for that. Like um I was I was playing with Dave and I said, Well, the the rule is basically that if we didn't roll any dice, we just could go back where the hex we were and, you know, do something else. Um, if it was within the same activation. So anyway, Moonstone is a brilliant game. Uh, it's a good uh, bluffing game with quick minis. It's a very short game as well. It's four turn. And I think once you know to play it, you played well under an hour. Right. I'm, I'm just looking through um, on Google Images at some of the models, and uh, it reminds me very much of a kind of labyrinthy style. A lot of the goblins and things do. Do you know the movie Labyrinth? Um, I, I think they they look quite interesting. Kind of got that kind of the the, the goblins are a lot of fun. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it seems to be a lot of goblin pictures that I'm pulling up on uh, on on Google, and uh, yeah, they look uh, yeah really remind me kind of that labyrinthy sort of style. I think there's a there's a guy with a candle on his helmet it's, you know it looks pretty pretty, pretty cool yeah. some great names some of these models no it's uh, like I, I really like I'm talking to the guys they were very approachable and they're very you know very cool to talk to the, the guy who made the game mm. yes Baron Von Fancy Hat <laughs> and Sir Gillimot's Poppycock Yep. Yeah. No, I get why you say a kind of Terry Pratchett sort of style to it as well. It's quite yeah. cool. Yeah, it's quite 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 cool looking game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, it's one of the human factions, like a bit piratey. A lot of it. Maybe. Just having a look through the miniatures, and they do look good. Yeah, they do look. You say the resin are they? Did you say? They are. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think high quality resin can be really nice to paint. Actually, I think you can you can get you know yeah. some some of the high quality resins do can be really nice. So it looks. I mean, whoever's painted the the models um, for them is obviously a really good painter. They look really nice to the uh, to the painting of models that they've got. So yeah. No, it's the the quality is really really good. I can I can attest on that. I, I had the models still, and they're very well detailed and. And it's actually even um, I found resin would break pretty easily, but those those ones seems to be pretty solid. Mm. Is it is it a relatively low bottle count game? I mean, again, just looking through Google Images, the uh, the packs seem to have three models in or four. So, a tournament would be you you have a roster of eight models, oh. and you pl- you play five. And what happened is who won the 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 basically the turn. Um, you do the you choose your roster while you deploy. So your opponent would deploy one mono, one model, then you deploy another one, then you deploy another one, then you deploy another one, and and once you reach five, that's it. And there's no oh, point cost oh. as well. So so that's interesting. Even if you yeah you can you can as someone's deploying 
you're not only looking at what model they are, but you know, if you think, oh, I've now got someone out of position, so you can actually change your plan kind of mid deployment sort of thing. Um, you can, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. That. Mm. And I thought the because you have giants in the game, and I thought, oh Jesus, they have giants with a lot of wounds. How are they gonna like you know? How come a jump would be equal to a goblin? Like point wise, there's no point in the game. It's one model for one model, and they kind of managed that. So it's a, a weakish model would have way more energy, so you'll be able to do more stuff than a giant. There's a big sack of point of wounds. He'd be able to do way less stuff, but you know, if you give him a moonstone to keep, he's going to be quite happy because it's going to be hard to kill eventually. So, I thought they found a quite goodish balance in, into that. Right, I get you. So they're doing that. Uh, that that's interesting. That I, I do like systems. I suppose God turns the same, obviously, where you, where it's just a set amount of things. You're not even got on a point system. So that's quite interesting that they've they've done that purely balancing by only having five models on the board. That's fascinating. Mm. I mean, that's similar to Guild Ball, I suppose, isn't it? That uh, yeah. in Guild Ball, it was like just a set number of models, and that's what's available to you. You know, and each model's effectively balanced against each other to some extent. I've, I've never played Guild Ball, but I've heard it was it was very good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Mike, you've got me very tempted. Uh, to be honest, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Uh, those are my two main games. Like, uh, And you guys, if you have one demo game, you'd definitely be hooked. <laughs> right, okay. So I usually go for, when I'm looking for factions, I like aggressive melee aggro type factions. You know, like tempo over control. Um, often glass cannons, but that's not necessarily a uh um a thing you know i like big sort of like aggressive damage output you know if they're a glass cannon that's fine if they're just a cannon with you know just a simple cannon that's that's fine too so what's the faction for me in in moonstone um i don't think you'll have a faction uh because they've they've so many more into each faction like the human, the what they call the domin- the commonwealth, which are the human, the gnomes, and kind of the human side. You've got the dominion, which are the trolls, the goblins, and the fairies. And then you've got something I can't pronounce, le chivon, something like this, which are um, kind of like a cult with some weird phone model. Everybody got glass cannon. Everybody got tanks. Everybody got... Um, a bit of everything, so you don't you you can literally go for all oh, that faction. The look of that faction looks really good, but if you want for the number of glass cannon, I think Dominion, the goblins and the fairies will be where you find the most glass cannon. Right. I I don't think a game where you play five glass cannon, you would you could probably put a lot of pressure on because it's only four turn, but. Depends on what matchup you could play into. You could be turn one or two, like have two or three guys one shot it off the board. Depends on the matchup. Yeah, right. So it's not so much the the fact it's not so much faction flavor as the flavors in the in- individual models, and then you build your own sort of 
place. So far from what I've what I've seen and played, yeah, it's it's yeah. not ready. It's not ready. You know, I don't think a faction has the monopoly of playing one way. Everybody can do a bit of everything. Right. And do you, do you get um? Do you actually get um? Is it faction? So you know, I'm I'm looking at the factions here, and you get like uh, you just play the goblin faction. Is that how the game works? And all of your eight models would be chosen from the goblin faction. Uh, you so goblins are from the faction called Dominion. In Dominion, you've got humans, goblins, fairies. You've got different different race. Um, oh, wait, I'm, all I'm done, I've gone onto the, the web page and they've got a split down by, by different, um, it says miniatures and they're just split up by different things. Um, so there's like a Dominion humans, goblins, gnomes, fairies, fawns, and then some other stuff. So you can get a bit of mix. You're not just sticking to one of those pages then. No, you, you're only stuck to a faction, but a faction has several races. So you're stuck oh, to Commonwealth, Dominion, or. Lushable something <laughs> I can't pronounce. Um, it looks like. Lush, Cult of, yeah. Lush, Cult of Lushable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you got people that are cross faction. So somebody would be Commonwealth and Lushabits, and somebody will be Commonwealth and Dominion or Dominion and, you know, Lushabits. Yeah, you'll have cross faction. Got you. Got you. Hmm. There is somebody who has murder bunnies by the looks of it. So. Um... That just looks like a good starting point. <laughs> I quite like. Oh uh, yeah, ones. it, it like looks really cool. They're the ones that are looking through the miniatures. They're the ones that are kind of uh, uh, interested me to start with. I like the look of. I'm not sure about the jackalope of chubs, but I like the rest of them. The Wendigo and Gloom look particularly good. Thank you for potentially spending more of our money there, Mike. <laughs> you, you're very welcome, Al. Thank you so much for inviting me for the podcast. Uh, I was a yep. fervent follower, so it's a, it was a pleasure to thank, to, to be there with you. Yep. Thanks. Thanks for coming along, and thanks. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for beating Dave. More importantly, thanks for beating Dave. <laughs> you, you're welcome. It's not going to happen very often, so enjoy that. Yeah. Enjoy but, <laughs> okay. So uh, thanks again, and see you soon. Thanks, Mike. Take care, mate. Yeah, thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll um, see you on the next episode. Yep. Thanks, all. Thank you for listening. Banner Bearers was brought to you by Elliot Kulbeck and Ben Redmond, with music from purpleplanetmusic.com. This is a fan production and all opinions expressed are those of the hosts and guests, not Steamforged Games.